Eddie Murphy is a Detroit cop. On vacation in Beverly Hills. I just got off the phone with an inspector Todd in Detroit. He says if you're out here investigating the Tandino murder, you needn't bother coming back. I don't want to take it anymore. For a man who claims to be on vacation, you look a lot like you're on a stakeout. Stakeout? No, no. I'm picnicking. This is like a picnic area. I'm going to ask you some questions about Michael Tandino. I never been to a cell that had a phone in it. Can I stay for a while? Because I ordered some pizza. We have six witnesses that say you broke in and started tearing up the place, then jumped out the window. May I help you? Yeah. I'm looking for Victor Maitland. I have nothing to say to you. How you doing? You guys don't know nothing about nothing, do you? You just got your badges and your guns and you're on the job, right? Make sure we get the right drinks because my drink club sold out. Throw up. Welcome to Movies Charles Hasn't Seen, episode 30. My name is Crossman. I'm Wilson. And I'm Charles. And this week we watched the 1984 movie Beverly Hills Cop. So, Charles, tell us about Beverly Hills Cop. All right. So, Beverly Hills Cop is about an insubordinate hotshot cop by the name of Axel Foley who travels to Beverly Hills to investigate the murder of his friend and in the process he ends up essentially losing his gun and his badge uncovers a a drug smuggling operation and ends up winning the police over to his side and busting the whole operation and getting revenge for his friend's murder he does it all yeah yeah uh Crossman, you landed on beverly hills cap in our gradual journey through the decades in the last few weeks uh, <laughs> why, why did you uh why did you pick this one I chose this one because it's, I mean, it's a good com. I think it's a good comedy. It's fine. Um, I think it's a good vehicle for Eddie Murphy. I, I, I don't think that this will be like a reflection on great filmmaking in the way that like Lawrence of Arabia is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's got, I thought of that too. It's like we watched Lawrence of Arabia and Chinatown and Network. And Beverly Hills Cop. Like, <laughs> yeah, these things is not like the other. No, I think it's okay to do pop movies. No, you actually, I think, of course it is. I yes. think we've gotten good things out of doing pop movies. Like, we yeah. started on Pitch Black. Yeah, and, no, I, um, yeah, I don't think it was a bad I think we learned a lot from Predator. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And in my picks, I've been trying to, like, pick a lot more diverse films. And I, I, th- I think this is a good... This, this is a good representation of, of that, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a fun movie. It's yeah, it's a good time, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, I, it, I've seen it a few times, although it's been a while, and it's still just funny every time. It's yeah, it's I, I I found it funny watching it last night, and I like last summer I I watched the whole series. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I checked it out, and I yeah. think the third one has a ten percent. Oh on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's the one that's at the theme park. I have no idea. I've only seen this first one, um, but yeah, the ten percent was was pretty scary. I mean, the other two are just the same movie, right? Right. Um, but I think for me, what this highlights is like kind of the sad decline of Eddie Murphy's yeah. career. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's so good in this he film. Is. Like he's he's, right. he's he's so he, he's like this flamboyant guy, but still really competent and masculine and smart and like just he. The, this movie would fall apart with anyone else in that role. Yeah, it's it, he has a he has a very unique energy about him. Right, it's like this spastic energy. Manic. Yeah, it's yeah spastic and manic, but like still really controlled. 
right? Like, yeah. you, you never get the sense that he's, like, like... even when he's wilding out, he knows exactly what he's doing. Right, right. so he's yeah. not, like, a Jim Carrey figure. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just gonna say that, yeah. Because yeah. Jim, Jim Carrey's, like, characters, like, goofy and over-the-top and right. have a manic energy to them. Or, like, a Robin Williams is the yep. same way sure. where he kind of, like, loses control of of the character right or of himself like even if, it, when you see him perform live you see him gradually just like go off the rails yeah. and you never get that sense from eddie murphy it feels like he is in this film specifically yeah, yeah in this film or in yeah. his stand-up or in other movies like it really feels like he has a plan with his his energy like it's a very controlled performance despite being so energetic which is impressive Right. Like you can tell that he's like putting it on to accomplish his goals. Right. Um, so that's, yeah. it speaks to how competent his character is. Yeah, there's no, no question about Axel Foley's competence. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a great cop. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> very good at his job. Uh, that, yeah, that's for sure. He's good at going undercover, clearly. He, he plays characters. Like that. Yeah. Like, Everything just works very out believable. for him. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, this is probably the the movie we've watched that can most accurately just be described as a, a star vehicle, right? Like this is just all about Eddie Murphy and it, you watch it because of Eddie Murphy and that's what you get. And apparently he didn't, he like ad-libbed most of it. That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's impressive. Like they just like let Eddie Murphy do whatever. Right. And then there's kind of like played off like of him. Pulled off, pulled out the best stuff and that's mm -hmm. what the movie is. Which I think was the issue with the, the sequels. Was oh, they were okay. like, all right, Eddie, come on back, do your thing. And yeah. I think at that point he's having like this like life crisis and oh. is not able to perform in the same way anymore. And like is going through like kind of like manic depression and probably some substance abuse issues. But that is yeah. dark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see how that might not be appropriate for this Yeah. Time. And we haven't really seen him do this since no, like no, he right. did the Nutty professor which like did pretty well but it's like much more of a kids movie yep he, he a did a few kids movies. movies yeah that I've heard of. well and just he doesn't just make movies like, for adults anymore uh -huh. um which is fine like that's or right. make movies anymore yeah, i haven't seen him in, since like what was it a thousand words or something or i looked through his look. filmography yeah. and the only film that like i perceive as being good was dream girls i think that was good yeah, I mean, it was good in like an Oscar bait kind of way, but yeah. it was a good, it was good Oscar bait. Yeah, and he had that yeah. like a bunch of random schlock. Yeah, yeah he had that kind of small role in that film too, right? He was one of the main actors, but he wasn't one of the the. He was the biggest. Well, I haven't, in I haven't seen it. But it I'm yeah. aware of his presence in it. Yeah, I have seen yeah. it, and it was it was what you'd expect. Exactly, it's prestige Oscar bait. Mm -hmm. Period. Yeah, um, that's how I remember it. Yeah, <laughs> he was in Daddy Daycare, right? Wasn't that him? <laughs> uh, yeah, movie? opposite. Um, uh, what's his face from SNL? I don't know who else uh, was on that. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's another one that got like three or four sequels. Oh, I guess he was Donkey and Track. Oh, that's true. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and he was Mushu. Yeah. In Mulan. Yeah. Which which might be my favorite Disney movie. So I mean, he's had a good career. It's just like things kind of slid for him and I, and, I don't know if, it, if yeah. it's just that he lost interest because he's clearly still talented like you point to the voice acting performances he's still got it yeah um, so it must just be that he's doesn't want to anymore maybe I don't, I don't know it's possible and fame is weird and he was like in the early mid 90s he was the guy yeah you know? yeah or in, in the yeah. 80s like when raw that was a huge deal yeah uh, his stand up like that was 
Do we haven't seen anything? Like yeah, he kind of like inherits the legacy of like Richard, Richard Pryor, Pryor yeah. and yeah, and it really does it justice. Like he, no question. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he has had an interesting career, and I think this is—I don't know if this is where his fame peaks, but it might be because uh, this is probably his most well-known. I think the Nutty Professor was like really big in the nineties. Was it? Okay, I saw yeah. it. Yeah. I didn't but, see it, but I heard a lot about it. I mean, but I was we're very aware it existed. Yeah, but we're watching this movie now. We're now watching Nutty Professor, yeah. right? And I think that that means something. Like this is the one that has stood the test of time, and like we're far enough, far enough away from each that I think we can like fairly compare them to each other. Yeah, he did the thing in the Nutty Professor where he played a bunch of roles. Yes, and, like he plays his whole family. Yeah, and, and that spawned a franchise essentially. Yeah, because that one Everything scene was like, does. yeah, yeah, like well, at that. the time was like really funny. Yeah, and he's a funny guy. Yeah, I'm asking that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he has like a string of like pretty big movies. So it's like, um, after the Beverly Hills Cop series, he does uh, Nanny Professor, then Mulan, then Nanny Professor Two, and Shrek. Yeah, That's a pretty good run. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I'm skipping like a few. <laughs> not so great ones bombs so yeah. the adventures of pluto nash being yeah. one of the largest yeah. bombs of all time yeah yeah it's legendary yeah, yeah. and speaking of which the guy that directed this movie also directed Gili. oh and nothing afterwards so <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes sense yeah he yes. had like nine films we we saw and yes then... uh, and at least two of them are good right war games is good well he, he got kicked off that though Oh right, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> forgot about is that. Is that the Brendan Fraser one? No, that's no. The, I mean, uh, no, who am I? Matthew, I, I can't. I forget his name now. It's uh, not Brendan Matthew Fraser. Broderick. Matthew Broderick. There we go. Yes, it is that one. I was thinking of a B somewhere. Right. Yeah. Swear computer friends, Matthew Broderick. That's a movie I intended to watch, but I couldn't find a good download of yeah. it. Ellie yeah. Sheedy's in it. I, I just breakfast club the, the, uh, the only winning move is not to play line. Oh, is that from that has to predate War Games, right? Well, it's in it. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every um, time I hear it referenced, it's two war games. Okay. Well, I, I defer to your expertise. Uh, but yeah, so he doesn't, the director didn't do that much, Mike Brest. Um, yeah, Julio is a career killer. Evidently. Yeah. Um, but he did do Midnight Run, and neither of you have seen Midnight Run, right? No. Okay. I don't so think I've seen it. I, I was, I've seen Midnight Run more than I've seen Beverly Hills Cop. Midnight Run is a great movie. Um, it reminded, I was reminded of Midnight Run a lot. It come, it, he made it four years after this one, and it's essentially a better version of Beverly Hills Cop. Like, it's just, it's funnier. The perform, there are more good performances in it. Uh, the plotting is tighter. The ending doesn't suck. Like, it's, it's a great, great movie. It's De Niro and Charles Grodin. Uh, De Niro plays mm. a bounty hunter. Charles Grodin is a mob accountant who turns on the mob, and De Niro has to escort him across the country. And it is okay. a fantastic movie. <laughs> it is, it, so, yeah, watch Midnight Run. I'll check it out. Yeah. yeah. It sounds good. Yeah, it's so good. Um, but back to this movie. Like, yeah. Um, any, I mean, one of the, the, this movie starts way stronger than it ends, right? So that, that sequence at the beginning. The spectacular. It's so great. I did like, not expect that. It's so good. Yeah. Um, I, that's, to me, probably the most memorable moment in this movie. Like, it, it's Eddie Murphy at the top of his game, and like a pretty good chase sequence. Yeah, it was that. really good. A lot of, a lot of like spectacular destruction, cars getting crumpled up by the truck. So, I, Eddie Murphy hanging off the truck yeah, or like, his stunt double, whoever. How the hell did they shoot that? Yeah. <laughs> like there are so many cars that they just destroy. Yeah. Throughout the, the course of that, and it, it's not CG. Like they're destroying cars. Yep. And 
Yeah, I was kind of blown away. Cigarettes yeah. flying everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it shows a way to start a movie, right? Yeah, just, it just totally jump works. Jump right into it's, yeah, it's so action. good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it jumps right into action. It does not jump right into what that movie's actually about, which is because it takes them a little while to like get to Beverly Hills. And yeah, start no, doing that. It's it like does, one of those Mission Impossible intro scenes, right? Just yeah, James Bond yeah. related action scene. Yeah. Apparently, the like an earlier version of the script was a cop from East LA, like kind of moving over to. The Beverly Hills oh, district, which makes more sense, and probably. then like the plot plays yeah. out, yeah. Which yeah, it does make more sense because it's like, <laughs> yeah. why is this cop from Detroit in Los Angeles? <laughs> right. well, I th- like, I thought they gave him enough reason to make it okay. <laughs> oh, it's, and it's it, so it makes, the, it makes yeah. the fish out of water elements more compelling. Right. It, yeah, it's worth it for those reasons, right? Yeah. Like yeah. from like for the thematic, you know, point that they're making about class and and race and stuff i think you could do that with east la though because east Probably. la is like an industrial area that like people do live in and yeah it's yeah but you're, you're you're probably and then right. it's like the opposite side of the world just a few miles away in, in beverly hills so it might actually like highlight it better even more yeah yeah <laughs> you're probably right right yeah. it would make less sense for him to be so unfamiliar with like the area i guess there's some la is a big place <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. yeah but yeah. they did what they did and it's it's fine the other yeah. guy um the other guy i like at the beginning is how they managed to cast like the perfect grizzled black police chief captain <laughs> guy <laughs> like, inspector todd yeah inspector todd that guy like yeah. what dude's like the platonic ideal of the police <laughs> chief character. the angry police chief right get it you're off this case imagine you're gone yeah like it's just every single trope that you imagine from that character in this guy essentially played straight yeah <laughs> like uh, i loved it that guy's is great yeah he's he's really good yeah um i liked him a lot i, I thought Judge Reinhold was good too. In, Judge in the Reinhold film. was perfectly he might be my cast. my favorite character. Yeah, he was perfectly cast. He was cast. so much fun because he's yeah. so, like, I don't know, excited about everything. I well, loved it. I love that they managed to find just the squarest guy yeah. in the world to play the exactly. role opposite Eddie Murphy, right? Like, they have this paragon of, like, current, you know, mid 80s cool. Yeah. And then fucking Judge Reinhold, <laughs> who's <laughs> the like biggest dork in the American. kid from Breakfast Club. Right. Grown and they, up. they kind of do that same dynamic. That same dynamic in, in Midnight Run, right? Like where you have De Niro, who is like a different kind of cool than Eddie Murphy, but still super cool. Like and a badass character. Right. And then Charles Grodin, who is an accountant. And yeah. Yeah. So you, you see it's almost a remake. Like you see that, that same dynamic play out. But yeah, Judge Reinhold was, was pitch perfect uh, for, yeah, for him, this part. Yeah, him, him saying that like stop... Uh, it's the police under arrest <laughs> line at the end was such a great payoff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you do that again, I'll shoot you. Yeah. <laughs> After a vicious gun battle. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, they rack up quite the body count, too. I, I kept track. I think that Eddie Murphy kills four people over the course of this movie. This is a surprisingly violent yeah, movie. Judge Reinhold yeah. gets two in that, in that last fight. Yeah. The, the bad guy gets, like, robocop Right. You know he, looks, he looks like yeah. Sonny in... In The Godfather, he just fucking yeah. riddled with bullets falling down the stairs. They just fucking tear him apart. Yeah. 
So yeah, it gets like weirdly violent at the end. I think I don't think the end works. I think the end is just not that good in this movie, and that's fine because that's not what we're here for. But, Do you think that it it just wrapped up everything too neatly? Yeah, it wrapped. Then. I mean, it basically doesn't really work on any level. Like we stop having Eddie Murphy being funny, right? Like the, which is what mm. drives this movie. Uh, we it becomes a straight action movie. For it be, like, yeah, it becomes a straight action. It's movie, like a lazy is, way out. It just turns yeah. into a big old shoot. Which out. is a total whiplash. Commando light. Yeah, for the for the audience, the action itself. It, it's a lot like Commando, right, exactly. actually. The yeah. villa, it reminded me a lot of it. Yeah, the yeah. Commando ends like the same exact way. You're right. <laughs> right. That's yeah, funny. I hadn't made that connection. Commando is a lot more explosions. And yeah, and like it doesn't make... Arnold 1 arming a machine. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense like thematically or for these characters to be doing that. Like all of yeah. a sudden he's just gunning people down like it's like totally incongruous with like the conniving character that we see like yeah. going undercover and like tricking people and stuff. Like instead now he's just going to shoot them all. Yeah. Like... It, it, it didn't work. Like, I don't think it's very good. It doesn't bother me that much because yeah. that's not what we're here for. But he's yeah. street smart and gun smart. Evidently, yeah. yes. He yeah. can just shoot everyone. Yeah. When so the he's like don't a work. funnier James Bond. Yeah. Commando came out a year after. All right. <laughs> oh, so Commando is like Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Commando is like Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> no, they, they're they both set in this kind of like tropical esque mansion. <laughs> right. And yeah. then there's this like pretty massive shootout at the end of both films. Yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I think you're right that they just like didn't know how to end this movie, so they yeah. said this is how we'll end it. it. Happens uh, well, a lot of movies. So I think it went through a lot of versions. Yeah, well, it, it feels like a a very manufactured film. So do do you guys know who uh, was supposed to play Axel Foley? There was somebody else that was supposed to play Axel Foley. Well, there are a few people that are supposed really? to play Axel Foley. So this feels like it was written for bef- Eddie Murphy. Before Eddie Murphy, there's one big name actor who no was idea. attached to the project. Okay. Um, it was uh, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> All right. And. <laughs> <laughs> That's a totally different. Yeah. yeah totally it was a, a different version of the script, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he said that if they had shot it, it would have been like one of the best action films of all time. <laughs> of course. Cause oh, sure. He, yeah. It's him. But yeah. apparently the climax of that film, which doesn't make sense. I had to read it a few times just to like check it out was. But you read the script? No, no, no. He, I, there's a description. He there in the wiki article oh, on the movie. There's the they describe okay. Sylvester. I can quote it here because I have the article up. So hold on. okay, so they just like do a plot summary. Because I had to, I, I literally had to reread this a few times. <laughs> I was like, this doesn't make sense. So Stallone, this is just quoting from the wiki article. So okay, whatever ahead, that yeah, means. Sure has said that his script for Beverly Hills Cop would have looked like the opening scene from Saving Private Ryan on the beach of Normandy. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he goes on. He says, uh, Believe it or not, the fal- finale was me in a stolen Lamborghini playing chicken with an oncoming freight train. Just being like dri- Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> being driven yeah. by the ultra-slimy bad guy. What? <laughs> wow. Nothing like Saving Private Ryan. That escalated quickly. And it, it doesn't make any sense because the Lamborghini would just get destroyed yes and you can't play chicken in a train so that doesn't make sense (laughs) either so i had to reread it that a few times i was like what i tried to make sense of it sounds like like, the the best action movie ever yeah something like yeah that that one might need a that sounds like a first draft so stallone's ideas were deemed quote-unquote too expensive (laughs) (laughs) for paramount to produce and stallone ultimately (laughs) pulled out two weeks before filming was to start they were planning on doing making that movie two weeks before they started filming. Yeah, so okay. then they just pulled Eddie Murphy in, and then That's they insane. they re- I didn't know it was a lot rewrote of this funny it. Before 
Yes. Yeah, I don't was think... Was it a comedy? It couldn't have been a comedy with Stallone in it. Well, I mean, he's been in comedies, but he's like Deadwood and... Right, uh, it's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so the, his version of the script was just a straight action film. And so, I think the only reason this movie's funny is just because Eddie Murphy, like, ad-libbed a Oh, it absolutely is. Because the, yeah. the narrative here is nothing, right? Like, the story is just... I mean, there's no comedic moments in the story. If they are, they're accidental. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. just, it's totally... Yeah. That's what I mean by Star Vehicle. It's just totally about Eddie Murphy. Right. Yeah. And, like, giving him space to be Eddie Murphy. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, it's, like, one of the most basic cop movie plots possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing interesting narratively here yeah. at all. So the... Um, Mickey Rourke was also signed to the project at one point. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I didn't, I had not noticed this before this viewing. Um, Jonathan Banks is in this movie. He plays like tough yep. guy A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, is an infant. <laughs> like, I was, I was stunned. Is this, uh, the guy I'm thinking of that I was very distracted by? Because oh. he's always playing the angry old dude on TV now. Well, he's been Breaking Bad. He's been Breaking Bad. Somehow, yeah. Yeah. I just know him from Community. Oh, yes. I think yeah. he played he's, angry old guy in there. Yes, he was in Community um, post But I was like, oh my god, he looks so young, but you can still tell it's him because of his crooked-ass nose. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, but yeah, same and, guy. And like, his very tired-looking eyes. Right, he has the same, a similar voice. I think he smoked a little bit between oh. 1984 and present day. <laughs> yeah, he's Mike Ermintrout in Breaking yes. Bad. Excellently named. Mike yeah, Ermintrout. and he's really good in, in oh, it. Oh, he's... Um, yeah. Although he's playing basically the same character of just like only nicer grizzled old guy. Yeah. yeah. Although because it's Breaking Bad, they do such a good job with their characters. He's also like a grandfather. Yes. In Breaking Bad, right? It turns out that yeah, he's like doing all the evil stuff to like save up money for his granddaughter. Yeah. And like that's why he's a hitman and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, spoilers for Breaking Bad. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, same guy. Uh, who else was in this? Um, they have this tableau of, like, actors I've only seen in 80s movies. Like, the police <laughs> chief in Beverly Hills is, like, the bad guy in RoboCop and Total Recall. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's got such a bad guy face. Steven. <laughs> yeah. I don't know his name. Uh, he stopped showing up and stuff after that. Johnny Cox. Okay. That, I mean, he doesn't even need a character um, name. Like his cop buddy in yeah. Detroit was the dude in Aliens. Yeah, he was. That's true. I, I knew I recognized him. I had to look it up after because uh, I haven't seen Aliens in a while. But yeah, I've Paul seen Reiser. He's, he's the asshole dude in Aliens, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Paul Reiser. Paul yeah. Reiser. Who's known for other... He was in I'm Mad About You. Like, he was in okay. it, on TV. Yeah, he's uh, like a known... Uh, known quantity, yeah. People say he's a comedian, but I've never seen him be, <laughs> be funny. <laughs> Maybe someday. <laughs> Ooh, apparently he's going to be in the new Stranger Things. Or what he was in. No. Well, okay, maybe the he can... The first season of Stranger Things? Maybe he can reprise his role as... I don't remember him being in Stranger Things. Yeah. Well, he would fit yeah. in an 80s property. Right, exactly. He's the token 80s actor dude. He can be this character again. Reprise yeah. that role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, ideologically, uh, this movie is a train wreck. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it aims to really say anything in there. Right, but, the, but the, uh, the ironic thing about not aiming to say anything is that whatever you end up saying is usually much truer to what you actually feel. Okay. Right? <laughs> and this movie is essentially an argument for the blue code of silence and an argument against the Fourth and Fifth Amendment. <laughs> like that, this whole thing is lots of warrantless searches in this so film. many like no, <laughs> yeah. this, no way this guy yeah. goes down if he doesn't get shot right like if he survives that shooter at the end any attorney in the world gets him off because there nothing that Eddie Murphy does is legal yeah. none of the evidence that he procures is going to be admissible like yeah. this guy walks no question <laughs> luckily they murder everybody right <laughs> and that's just it like they say it's like it's okay to violate all of these constitutional rights as long as you kill the guy at the end. 
<laughs> Which is funny because Beverly Hills is so uptight, right? They're all like rule, rules based, right? Like, and well, that's what Eddie Murphy comes right. in and teaches them. He t- he teaches them rules like you know the Constitution don't matter, <laughs> and you should just lie about shit all the time. And you know he did it right, exactly, exactly. It's like that argument, like made funny. And Even then the, when he was in Detroit, he was like using evidence from another crime right. to. Yeah, the, yeah, like he took like stole in, in his stakeout for yeah, like the, he, the next he's like crime. Trapping the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like he yeah. never like told them that he was doing that. He just steals evidence and like sets up this operation on his own, right? Like it's he's a renegade cop. Like he, they really yeah. should have taken away his gun and his badge. Like he and then the the ca- emotional catharsis of the movie is all the cops like learning that they should be lying about in their reports and just misrepresenting the truth and it's like played off as this good thing <laughs> like which is crazy right like that is wow they helped our protagonist uh, therefore it is therefore good. it's good right like this is yeah. the problem with modern day policing and this movie is like a massive defense of it and that's in, like, as a comedy too right because most yes. of it's played for like yes. the buddy cop yeah mentality yeah right? that's exactly what's going there's on. these two like kind of square guys that he's teaching to to be cool to be cool yeah and, and being just, cool means like yeah. ignoring all the things that protect citizens from abusive cops right <laughs> and so judge reinhold like joins joins him faster and like john john ashton who's the other guy yeah. like holds out longer but eventually like is like oh you're doing it the right way right exactly yeah. and he's not like, yeah. like, really if more police departments were like the beverly hills police department at the beginning of this movie we'd all be way better off mm-hmm. right like that moment when um the john ashton character punches him at the beginning of the movie yeah. and the guy he totally sh- that's that's police brutality right like that should be that's assault yeah uh, yeah that should be a lawsuit both criminal and civil and he's like oh no blue code you walk and yeah yeah this he's movie, like that's not the detroit way yeah exactly the, the, and it's not right and yeah. what do you know like 10 years earlier there were massive riots in detroit because of police police brutality it's like yeah that's yeah. true it's not the detroit way uh <laughs> so yeah the politically this and like five years later in la that is right the riots right again. and it's already murphy's and fault. earlier in the 60s yes right? yeah. yeah i agree that those the watts riots the watts riots are eddie murphy's fault yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. This is he basically beat rodney king um so yeah like the the politics of this movie are a mess absolute mess i don't think you can really defend them uh but they are in line with their era right so i think i think that you are correct earlier when you pointed out that like eddie murphy and mike press and everybody else involved in this movie probably didn't have some grand ideological through line when they wrote this script two weeks before they started filming, right? Like yeah, that's they just probably had, they just had the shallow like support the protagonist, and the protagonist is right, and he would right? Be in sort of right. attitude. <clears throat> yeah, the crime. I'm confused about the crime too. So they had some cocaine. They're importing drugs. Yes. There's something about bonds. I don't know what the deal with that. Yeah, there, yeah. There was another like bonds so subplot. Kind of yeah. <laughs> well, because it leads to drugs, which are the big game, <laughs> right? Exactly. And exactly. coffee. Yeah, and bonds are fishy, and like no one understands them that clearly. So sure, right? So you can just be like, "Oh, here's something that looks weird," and it's weird because drugs. Yeah, there yeah. was like a series of bear bonds that his friend had stolen at the I beginning of the so. movie, that's and he shows German, up with like German did. bear bonds. Yeah, the Reichsmarks. But yeah. then I forget were they were they fake bear bonds or were they real? I don't. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they ever. He said, said something one way about evading taxes, maybe. Right. 
baby. I, okay. I don't remember that because bear well. like the bearer part of bearer bonds means that whoever bears it, whoever holds it, owns it. Yeah, right. Like that's the point of bearer bonds. Yeah, so he's like stolen yeah. these bonds from his employer, who like, he was like doing security for, and then escaped yeah. back to Detroit, and then got some drugs. Well, that's what, no. that's what the guy did. Yeah, the, you're talking about the, um, the yeah friend. his friend. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So Eddie Murphy's yes, best friend from childhood. Yeah, and they track him down pretty easily and kill him. Yep. Right, just like that. Like, yeah. So he must have told someone he was going to that the address. Kind of <laughs> under the radar, right? I guess he's a pretty crummy criminal. He yeah. did just get out of jail. He can't be that good at it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like that. That part makes sense. Like how he ends up. Uh, at least enough sense oh, like how he ends up in beverly hills yeah but i was trying to like analyze what the criminals were doing right that yeah. part is not as clear yeah <laughs> well, he's yeah. just trying to get down to why his friend was murdered and uncovers that they're smuggling drugs and avoiding paying customs for them or something yeah he just, they don't pay customs on their drug imports <laughs> that's the crime here well, <laughs> but he also seems to have like a pretty successful art gallery in, right. in Beverly Hills. All the front for which his is like, game. <laughs> if you're going to have an art gallery in Beverly Hills, like that's expensive. That's right. not a good you can probably just, You can probably just live on that. Right? Yeah. You don't need to be selling drugs. He's yeah. just in it for the thrill. Yeah. 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 So we're back to Breaking Bad, right? <laughs> he's just, yeah. He's just in it for the thrill of selling he's just drugs. In it for no, see, it, it fits your tropical <laughs> villa mansion because I mean, right. only drug dealers own those. Right. right? With yeah. own guards and shit. Yeah. He's the... Uh, the Pablo of Beverly Hills. But they also weren't moving like a lot of drugs. It was like a, I feel like I could carry the box that they were <laughs> yeah. moving all the drugs in. Well, <laughs> so they weren't even like. that there were lots of boxes of them. Uh, you'd assume. But I we guess. only ever see like the one. Right. Yeah. And half of the coffee grounds. Which has like wax on top, which I thought was cool. Yeah. I've never neat. seen that before where you like. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I not either. Yeah, Use this like piano wire essentially to like cut out the wax, and then yeah, I, I was also unfamiliar with that. But I don't work in customs or drug de- dealing. So. Eddie Murphy knows a lot about it, though. His character, he's a cop. Yeah, he knows like all the ins and outs of like moving drugs around and hiding them in coffee. And well, he definitely like they they yeah. leaned on that coffee thing pretty hard. Like they bring it up three or four times before they explain what it is and yeah like why he's doing it it's like all right so they got like this one yeah. you know gimmick or whatever yeah. to like show that he's a streetwise cop and they're gonna point it out three or four times yeah 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 he has like pretty good spidey sense throughout the whole movie yeah, yeah. and um, i mean he has protagonist sense when they're in the yeah. strip club yeah he's what a stilted like just totally Wait, that was a little weird right contrived. he brings them there but like it's not like he anticipated that a crime was about. No, to it's just there. like it's, he just brought him there to troll him, right? Yeah, like he was yeah. just fucking with them, and like it's it's so contrived the whole thing. Like they just happened to stumble upon some guys who the hell robs a strip club? Yeah, <laughs> like, I yeah. again, I think we're. I don't know. This is another like eighties like crime wave. Thing. Oh yeah. yeah, like that's why they did it, right? Yeah, it's the the premise there it, it, it lines up with like the Law and Order thing that this movie is doing. Yeah, we're just like the yeah. the streets are out of control, and right? And drugs are the reason, and right, and we need cops yeah. to break all the rules in order to to bring them in, and blah blah blah. Yeah, um, it's so yeah, like that's why they did it, but like narratively, it again makes no sense. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not, not, like, not at all. Yeah. But yeah, he's like. He's really funny in that scene. 
Eddie Murphy. Uh, Eddie Murphy. Yes. Yeah. He's like really funny because he's like kind of dancing and like yeah. yeah. Like, I love the whole time even when he's crapping on Judge like, Reinhold and John Ashton. When they bring the they yeah. bring the drinks and he's yeah. like, make sure I get the right drink. I'm gonna throw up if I drink Coke soda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 that was pretty good. And he's funny. He has this like funny dance that yeah, he's like little, doing the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he's and, yeah, he's just funny in every scene, really. Um, the the big funny moment that I always remember is um the banana in the tailpipe the yeah and the tailpipe is great um but it, it, it i have forgotten that they lead in with it with one of several gay jokes there are so many gay jokes in this yeah movie. there's a lot of gay um, jokes yeah uh, like he does like the really hammy gay character the guy that hands over the bananas the, is the a gay caricature thing. the what was that the herpes thing yeah yeah there's yeah there's that there's yeah the, he like he's able to get into a club by <laughs> Saying that like his gay partner is herpes and he has to tell him yeah. Yeah. right yeah and who's the, the bad guy yeah the bad guy yeah and the then the guy in the art gallery that his friend owns is clearly like the some French sort dude. of Frenchish like it's not clear French-ish. he's meant to be like an effeminate like foreigner exactly yeah right that also is coded as gay like there's yeah. a lot of like eighties homophobia in this movie <laughs> a lot yeah yeah. Oh yeah, because he keeps talking about the the lemon twist to his espresso, yes. which I've never heard of. Yeah, no, no that not that I'm like a coffee person. I'm not either, but that sounds bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why would you put lemon in coffee? <laughs> Maybe it's really good. I don't even know. Maybe I mean, yeah, yeah. it's still coffee, so I won't drink. But it. yeah, th- I think that's uh, a, in addition to the ideology. There's the, an- the anti-gay yeah. like yeah. played for laughs throughout the movie right which is very 80s comedy like that is just something that you did in the 80s yeah and that stinks and it doesn't it doesn't feel that good it doesn't read that well now but it's a thing um so yeah i don't know what to do about that but it does get us to the art gallery character which i think is the only female character in the movie yeah um who is lisa the only one with lines the only one with lines yeah yeah lisa eilbacher yeah. yeah, she believes Jenny Summers. Jenny Summers. Yeah, uh, I think most the, generic white girl name. <laughs> right. From an 80s movie. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, that's also the stripper's name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have anything to do with this movie, right? Like she's just a total plot she's device just character. There. She's a yeah. She's a, a plot mechanic, and that's it. She's there for Eddie Murphy to explain to the audience like what he's doing. Yeah. Exactly. That's well, like there's the, the usual like you need a woman to be in danger to <laughs> yeah, make and then, the audience feel attention build up because right. like the bad guy goes in and like essentially threatens her yeah they damsel and then, her and then right at the she end. gets taken hostage and that's why they have the big shootout yeah which is uh, again just totally just pure plot mechanic like no character there at all yeah um again very 80s totally disinterested in women being involved in anything um oh we had terminator Okay, not literally the entire eighties, but <laughs> a lot of the most 80s. movies, like <laughs> yeah, especially ninety five percent of the movies, especially yeah. comedies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was also I guess not that surprising, but I, I what I did find interesting though about that character is that there's absolutely no sexuality there. This is like a movie that has a scene in a strip club that is also totally asexual, right? Like there's nothing going on in this movie. Yeah, it's a comedic. Is, scene right i mean like, they talk about having boners right but that's yeah. not played as like none <laughs> of these characters seem to have much of a sex drive that is portrayed on film they have like okay. boner jokes <laughs> that's it and yeah. they have like you know here's a beautiful well, he, he gives them a few dollars yeah right <laughs> but yeah it's all it's all played for comedy like yeah. there's, there's nothing here that approaches any kind of uh, sexual expression in in any real way so yeah, yeah i guess he's just like 
friends with Jenny Summers, right? They're, yeah, it, it appears to be like a totally platonic, friends. a totally platonic relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, there's like, yeah, he's just like planted no roots in LA at the end of the movie and just like, all right, back to Detroit, (laughs) back to the grind. Did this this, uh, mission here. Which makes the sequels funnier because they need to get him like back to (laughs) Beverly Hills twice. (laughs) How do they do that in the sequels? I have no (laughs) recollection. Right. Uh, So I know that the, the guy who plays like the uptight sergeant dies in one of them. Okay. Either two or three, yeah. The the one in the, the Detroit like, sergeant, yeah. The Detroit sergeant. Oh, yeah. okay. He gets like he killed gets at the beginning the of one of the other movies. Okay, and the killers are from Beverly Hills. I, I think so. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're well, they're connected Where back are these to Beverly LA. Hills murders. <laughs> that's from. that's hilarious. Yeah, and again, it makes no sense. <laughs> no, I mean it's just a plot device to get him. Well, and it would have been so easy for them to like fire him halfway through the movie. And just like have him continue doing research or and investigating the crime, the and then get a job at the Beverly Hills Police Department. Yeah, and then, then they can make infinity. The sequels are amazing. Yeah. Right? I yeah. thought they implied at the end that he was gonna get. Yeah, he I was think, gonna transfer over, but yeah. then they didn't. Yeah, it w- and it would have been so easy to just write that into a sequel, right? It's like yeah. in between movies, you got a job here. Yeah. It's like, well, there you go. Yeah, uh, if I recall correctly, they start in Detroit in both two and three. All That's, right, that is insane. So like they're they're so like married to just remaking the original movie. Yeah, that they have, they have to do that same. The third, thing. I think the third one takes place at a amusement park mostly. That's weird. Yeah, That's yeah, weird. <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like, like uh, you get on the roller coasters and. Have, have a shootout <laughs> yeah no he um he, he get, climbs like a merry-go-round to like save a kid in one of them and um so they lean more into the action hero thing yeah that's why like, <laughs> it doesn't work at all and i think he's like clinically depressed like but probably maybe because he's making all these shitty movies damn it could be yeah 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 uh, <laughs> uh yeah so I'm yeah trying to pull up the plot description of two and three yeah i mean i think you see movies like this i mean not just like we've talked about this within the context of the 80s a lot but i think you see it throughout just these manufactured style movies right and we haven't watched that many on the show because we're like trying to pick out things that are you know good and significant but i it's useful to be thinking about how many movies like this are being made and watched every year mm-hmm. right like the, the movies that like don't have a script until yeah. two weeks beforehand so right oh i thought you were gonna go into like the cop movies oh that's you know, a, yeah. like cop action films because yes. i was like you watch go, watching it i was like oh this is just like bad boys and like yeah. I, I hadn't thought of that, that or before. rush hour or yeah yeah like pick one right yeah like there, there are so yeah and, Blue, and Blue you Streak can see or, yeah. yeah you yeah. 48 yeah. hours like, like you can yeah. see the formula beat for beat for beat um and that some of them stick and some of them don't. Sometimes it's a testament to performance, right? Which I think is what's going on here. Yeah. But it's also sometimes just because some movies understand the nuts and bolts of narrative and some understand the the surface of it, right? Some understand what it looks like rather than how it functions. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie does not understand how it functions. I think this movie is all Eddie Murphy, and that's why we watch it and remember it. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, I think it's him and Judge Reinhold. I think it's, like, really yeah, subtly carried by yeah. the two. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. But, but I think it's still helpful to, or 
necessary even to watch movies like this now and then just to have a sense of what is being made like just to have even if it's not very good because this is like not a super well-made movie like it, <laughs> it, it, it but to understand what it is is be, that's being consumed by most people or many people week after week after week because there's a movie like this every week being made like in the sense that it's not well constructed and just mimicking what came before and i think yeah i mean this movie might even set the mold for that kind of movie where it's just like well I mean, oh, you, let's just give random comedic star a, yeah. a plot and we'll make a movie around it i, mean, th- I think that that this model goes back to the very foundation of hollywood huh. right like you can they you can go back to the earliest comedy stars like like Chaplin or yeah that's right fair. and like that that's how these movies were made like they literally had contracts that said you work for the studio for so, so many years yeah we assign you movies and you make it we assign you another movie next week and you make it <laughs> and you they had that at the big studios MGM would do that but so would you, you know the the poverty row studios and that's that's this movie's DNA right like that is how we get here yeah I, I still think though that there's like I, I think it's also important that like eddie murphy's like an snl actor that's a good point yeah and so we have these like kind of tv comedians that are like crossing over yeah. into it so well, jim, jim carrey is like another well yeah and you see so many of them now like yeah. that's yeah. that's adam sandler's whole career except for like a couple exceptions yeah um, so yeah and he's not just uh, a tv comedian he's like a stand-up comedian yes uh, that, mm-hmm. that makes that transition which um, a lot of times now you see the transition from stand-up to television, television series that Jerry Seinfeld started. But you see sometimes from stand-up to movies as well. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like that's that's important because we see a lot of it now. Like it, to, to point to it starting here, it feels correct to me. I guess um, Richard Pryor uh, kind of did that before. He made a lot of those, uh, like the teamed up with Gene Wilder a few times. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there were like prior like SNL actors making prior. movies, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think this movie in particular like really kind of I mean, nails it, it for like this sort of single <clears throat> SNL actor making movie. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. The, it's specifically SNL. Um, yeah, that that we see. Um, although you see you, you see him moving to television still, like a what's the Brooklyn cop movie? Or show rather, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Nine Nine, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. So yeah, that there's that transition happening today and still being successful and still about cops. Mm-hmm. Uh, had there had there been a lot of this kind of like rogue cop sort of movie before Beverly Hills Cop? I don't know the oh, history abs- of that genre. There's, there's got to be yeah. absolutely. Uh, Lethal Weapon predates this, right? Yeah, uh, by okay. a couple of years. Um, Death, Death Wish. Death Wish is always um, Dirty Harry. Right. It's probably okay, that's true. Yeah, uh, so Death Wish was seventy four. Sounds so right. It's gotta be one of the earlier ones. Yeah, Dirty Harry's probably about the same era. Okay. I don't think of those as the same Dirty Harry genre because these are like They're not comedies. Comedies, yeah. They're yeah, they're not funny. Um, but they are still like kind of rogue cop on a mission stories. Yeah. Well, Beverly Hill Cops just plays yeah. it for laughs. Breaking yeah. a law for justice. Yeah, and, and I, ideologically they're the same. Really. Yeah. Like they're they're sending the same message to the audience. Mm-hmm. And I think those come out of like the Western genre too. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's just easier. It, it kind of makes more sense than Western genre because there's just less law to follow. But yeah, it's the again ideologically and and narratively very very similar. Yeah, so Dirty Harry seventy one. Okay. So 
Yeah, I think you can draw a pretty straight line from Western, again, like B-level Westerns to <clears throat> Dirty Harry to this. And Clint Eastwood's a Western actor. and Yep. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So. I'm mad from that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. When did Forty Eight Hours come out? That was around this time, wasn't it? Who was in that one? Nick Nolte know. and uh, I don't think I've seen that one. Who was the uh, opposite Nick Nolte? Idiot. <clears throat> who? Oh no, Forty Eight Hours of Television Show is from 1988. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. <clears throat> there is a movie. Uh, which eighty two? Eighty two, which feels very similar again. Which is Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy and Nick. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. So yeah, this is Nathan's his first cop role. Nick Nolte. Okay. Yeah, and and Forty Eight Hours is another one where uh, it ends like abruptly, violently, in a way that the movie before it hadn't been. John, I John feel like Banks. all of these end up in some sort of shootout. <clears throat> yeah, and it's because they don't know how to end the movie, right? Like, and it, they don't know how to end the movie because they're not saying anything in their movie, mm-hmm. right? Like, if the most, the, like the end of the movie is where you make your point, right? Mm-hmm. It's where you you deliver your message, and it should be informed like that ending should be informed by everything that happened before it if you have like a, a thematically coherent film mm-hmm. and these are not thematically coherent films they're not driven by a concept they're not right. they're not driven it's by just bad guys bad and he needs to right die. It, well, well they're also like clearly not well written no like no i mean just the point just that the fact that like eddie murphy like ad-libbed it. exactly right like, like all the best yeah. movies in this or all the best moments in this movie were made up on the spot essentially yeah. uh yeah like there's not much craft here so jonathan banks is also in 48 hours really yeah God. so he's just like random uh, random per, thug random thug number three for, <laughs> throughout the 80s yeah so. that's funny all right yeah he's yeah. got the look he does right and the, uh, he pretty he much looks hilarious when he's covered in cake he's, with, he's with so, his, so like angry he's face. so grumpy yeah, yeah he's yeah. so mad looks like a fucking dwarf <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 he was that that was really funny um so yeah, I think that that's that's why these movies don't know how to end is mm-hmm. that they don't have anything to say in the first place, and yeah. they get to the point where you're supposed to say something, and what do you know? All they have to say is you have good guys, and they beat the bad guy. Right. Uh, you haven't seen adaptation, right? No. No. It, you've seen adaptation, right? Across. Yeah. Like that's adaptation makes fun of this. Like the the gimmick in adaptation is that they're it's a movie about the movie being written. Right, and so they get to the end, and they're like, and there's like these two writers that are like in the process, and they're, they're one's like a, the artsy guy, and one's the studio, you know, Hollywood by the numbers guy. Um, and they get to the end of the movie, and the artsy guy's like, I have no idea how to end this movie, and but I know what my my brother would do. He would just like have a big car chase and it shoot out, and they'd end up blah blah blah. I'm like, that's what happens. <laughs> just play that out at the end of the movie, nice. and then the movie's over. Yeah. And, yeah, adaptation is great, and like so, that's how you do. You can have that ending and have it still be meaningful if you back it up with the stuff that came before it. Um, these movies obviously are not adaptation, um, so yeah. But that's uh, Nick Cage's maybe his best role. That or Living Las Vegas, probably. It's up there. It's up there. Yeah, there's some great. other like more quiet roles that are good too. Like, yeah, I really liked him in The Weatherman. I think you've mentioned that before. Yeah, that sounds sounds familiar. But yeah, he's an actual good actor. Yeah. In uh, some movies, yeah. In some, <laughs> yes, in some movies. When he decides to be. Yeah. yeah. It's the same guy that did... When he's um, not under tax evasion right. pressure. Right, he just needs to <laughs> yeah. collect them checks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the same guy that wrote uh, Eternal Sunshine. Wrote okay. Yeah. Uh, so it does similar, like, messing around with... Uh, Eternal Sunshine, I have seen. Good. Yeah, that movie's wonderful. Um, so, yeah, well, how'd you feel about Beverly Hills Cop, Charles? Are you glad you watched it? Uh, I mean, 
<clears throat> I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, um, it's a touchstone it comedy. Like it is. I didn't yeah. feel at the end like I was blown away or that I'd seen a new favorite or anything like that. It was just like a fine experience. I had some good moments. I think that having seen all these like you know action cop comedy films over the years, I've seen a ton of them. Like I've seen all the Rush Hour films. I've seen Blue Streak. You've seen all the Rush Hour movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, the Blue Streak movies. <laughs> I mean, Blue Streak is on TV a lot, so I've mm-hmm. seen lots of bits of it. Um, yeah, the yeah, I know, I know how the genre goes, and so everyone you know, does. This just it's just another iteration of that, so it felt kind of samey. Yeah, yeah, I and guess. it yeah, it does. Like if uh, those movies are almost all certainly drawing inspiration from Beverly Hills Cop, yeah. just like Beverly Hills Cop is drawing inspiration from you know any number of the, previous the serious version of, of yeah, these. Uh, yeah. Hills yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean obviously there's definitely some great moments i just felt like there were parts where uh it wasn't as funny as i'd hoped and i just felt a little bored or just like the plot being very predictable and, or just simply non-existent yeah or that yeah. <laughs> so you know i'm kind of lukewarm on it yeah um, i mean i yeah i i still enjoy this movie like again purely because of eddie murphy like i think that he carries this well enough for me for the first Mm-hmm. 90 minutes yeah i think it's an outstanding performance it is really it's yeah well it, it's, and it's this movie would be unwatchable oh yeah without eddie murphy yeah <laughs> yeah although it's kind of funny to imagine uh sylvester stallone trying to do what eddie murphy did <laughs> in this movie that oh, might God. be funny for different reasons that'd be impossible but, and, oh yeah, absolutely yeah. right but yeah. that's why it would be funny right? yeah <laughs> see so be attempting it but even <clears throat> i'm trying to think i mean he he also did like just like a bunch of these kind of just like random cop movies in the 80s or um, yeah. Cobra. Cobra is one of them and then Eagle something Eagle cop <laughs> yeah. there's one there's another one where he's opposite Kurt Russell um, well, he played Judge Dredd he sure did in the early 90s he sure did. <laughs> I don't know if you've that watched that terrible. it's unwatchable I've seen it and <laughs> I wish I hadn't so let's see around this time what Stallone was doing? Yeah, I want to see what Stallone was doing. Oh, I want to see why he turned this movie down. Yeah, he probably did a few Rocky movies because there were a million of them. Oh, God. So this is 84, right? So yeah. he does Rhinestone the same year. What the fuck is that? I've never heard of that. It's, uh, You've he, seen it? <laughs> he plays a knowing side. <laughs> he plays opposite Dolly Parton. Whoa. Okay. And he becomes a... He sings in the movie. and it's, what? what does he sing? He sings country music. Dolly Parton like wow. teaches them how to sing, and they like save the music club or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Do they save it with a shootout? I save it with a song. Damn it! Yeah, um, a shootout of notes. Yeah, there you so go. So I guess he turned it down to do right. Wow. Right. Uh, well, really, he would have just made a different movie. Like this is. Yeah, they would have been a different movie. It, the, you, no one would be able to. We would be having a conversation about. Did you know Eddie Murphy was supposed to be in Beverly Hills? <laughs> so well, we probably wouldn't be having a conversation. About right, him. that's true. But. So he did uh, Rocky Three, uh, Rambo: First Blood, oh, and then Rhinestone. Good. So he would have done Beverly Hills Cop or whatever the title would have been. Right, Stallone. Hills right Cop. there. Yeah. So like <clears throat> that's like the mid part of his career. Beverly Hills Rambo. That's what we would call it. <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so he does Cobra. That's basically which, the ending of this one. Yes. Cobra, um, Tango and Cash, that's the one he plays against Kurt Russell. Okay. Where it's like, all right, we need less Stallone in this movie and more Kurt Russell. That's your, that's your opinion about every movie. Yeah. Le- less of X, more Kurt Russell. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Russell would make a lot of movies a lot better. So. It's your favorite actor. I don't, I don't disagree. 
Probably, yeah. Yeah, he's a great he's, actor. He is. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, curious. That would make sense to me. It's a good pick. Yeah. Okay, so we're on, we're a medium on Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, I did. Okay. I have to mention this. I got unreasonably excited when a DeLorean popped up on screen for like five <laughs> seconds. And I thought about for a second, this is actually before Back to the Future. So I wonder if anyone noticed the car back when this movie first That's came out. No, so it's just like a random I don't know DeLorean if it was like, no, I mean, they were like expensive at the time. That's what yeah, people drive I mean, in Beverly Hills in the I 80s. mean, like, you know, Michael J. Fox had that reaction to it in Back to the Future. Right. Like, so it sounded like it was a known quantity back then. I just don't know how much, but it was cool to see in that scene, just yeah. in the background. That That is also the moment where someone other than Eddie Murphy gets a laugh line, where he asks the girl, Summers, yeah. he's like, is this your car? He's like, no, this is Beverly Hills. We just grab whatever car is closest. That was, yeah. that was a funny line. <laughs> I, I like that one. One, one thing I do <clears throat> like about how, like, it, I don't know if it's written or how Eddie Murphy, like, carries the character, but he's not, like, he has no, like, class interest at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like Eddie Eddie Murphy, well, a cop. yeah. There's like yeah. the the concept of like transmitting class, where like you do things to make yourself like appear in like a certain class. Yeah. And Eddie Murphy, like his character, has no interest whatsoever. Yeah. In that, he drives the the Chevy like Nova. The Chevy, the Nova. She- Chevy Nova. Yeah. Um, he <clears throat> essentially just like steals a room at the Beverly Hills Hotel <laughs> yeah. by like. Well, the room and several bathrobes and numerous yeah. meals. Yeah. 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 And then the end of the movie, that that was another thing that was like, oh, man, it's going to be hilarious when yeah. they catch him, right. like, stealing from the hotel. And that, that just goes nowhere. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. The cops just pay him off. Yeah. yeah and it's insane. like, there's how, not. How much must that bill be? He was there at least a week. And they're charging two hundred fifty odd bucks. It would have been like two grand in like eighties dollars, so that would be yeah. like seven grand now or something. Right, and those robes, napkin math, like. right? Th- those robes are what a hundred bucks a pop, and he bought in, in nineteen eighty four dollars. Right, he bought two of them. All right, we, we um, can figure yeah, this out. He, he bought two of them up front, legitimately, and stole three more. So when they find the three missing, they're just going to charge the credit card. Okay, so <laughs> and like this all, all goes meals. straight to the taxpayer. Yeah, yeah, and the the. The taxpayers and the... Okay, so his hotel bill would have been roughly like $1,500. And okay. then let's add another $500 for just the robes, just the robes. let's say. Yeah, ignore the meals. Okay, so we're $2,000 in 1984 dollars. So I need uh, a money conversion. Here. Right, it's going to be huge. And yeah, the taxpayers yeah. are covering that. Um, but yeah. it's okay because they shot the bad guy in the end. Right. But you think that right. there would be like um, some sort of comedic payoff to that. Right. And I, they they must have ran out of time. I mean, the movie's already an hour and forty-five. <laughs> this movie doesn't. Ha- it, it wasn't written. Like this movie doesn't have. It yeah. feels like it doesn't have a script. Yeah. It has like a skeleton that they used in an earlier film, <clears throat> and yeah. that's it. So it's like roughly five grand in today's dollars. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's assuming he was there a week, which may which feels a little short. He might have been there longer. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's insane. I mean, this is also like a, a Bruckheimer film, right? Yes. Like Bruckheimer yeah. produced this film. Yes. Yeah. So like, he, I, this, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know where this falls in like Bruckheimer's career, but we also like can thank him for like Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> All, what, five of them, six right. of them? Yeah. And like, like a, a bunch of, of like TV shows. Did he do shows, like Day yeah. After Tomorrow? Did he? Was that him or is that another? Is that no, Roland, Roland Emmerich. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's I get Roland Emmerich. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. But Bruckheimer also produces Top Gun. Top Gun's right? actually good, though. And then, like, a ton of TV. Like, all the C- CSIs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know what to say about that, but he's like, <laughs> he, he's like, uh, for like, sort of like mid-level, just like American action stuff. Brockheimer is like your man. Yeah. Is that, I don't remember if that's him or. Oh, yeah, that would, that would make He did all three National Treasures. Oh, there we go. He's a producer on all three. Fuck National Treasures. That movie blows. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was fun. <clears throat> I, I can't stand it. It's so bad. It's, it's like. Did you like the Da Vinci Code? No. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, what if it was even dumber? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a stupid movie that think that doesn't realize how stupid it is. Yeah. And I, I saw it in theaters, and I was pretty young at the time, and I still thought it was just the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. National Treasure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I embraced the dumbness. I just thought it was fun. Yeah. And it, I like all the memes about it now. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you like, if you want like a good Nick Cage action movie, there's like much better ones. <laughs> yeah, Connor. So. Con Air is a great film. Yep. Um, the Rock doesn't hold up as well. It has some Aaron Sorkin in it, The Rock. He, he wrote some lines. Oh, really? Yes. I, I've tried rewatching The Rock a few times in the last like few years, yeah. and it's so long. Is it? It's so long. Okay. Classic Michael Bay fashion. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He's not. And it's just like, I'm bad. so bored in this movie. Yeah. yeah that, Anyways, so I, I think Bruckheimer just kind of produces these, like, whatever action movies. It looks like Beverly Hills Cop is, like, pretty early in his career, though. So, that, like, we can kind of blame this movie for, <laughs> for, for, for Bruckheimer. Yeah. For National yeah. Treasure. Yeah. He, 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 it's a very. And then he gets fame. And then he produces Bad Boys, which is, like, the yeah. same movie, but with. In Miami. Martin Lawrence and Will Smith in, yeah. in Miami. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, yeah. that's Beverly Hills Cop. Like, I think. Yeah. Like, that's just, so, like, you know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get when you're going in. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's eminently watchable film. I, I agree. Part of the reason. I don't hate it at all. I think it's, I enjoy it. I, I think it's actually, like, gets a lot out of being short. It's only, like, an hour and 45 minutes. And it's, it's still like, too long, though, right? It should be, yeah. like, 20 minutes shorter. Yeah. 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 Uh, you could. It's another one of those movies where you can just hack off the last fifteen minutes, and it's a better movie. Yeah, and probably like, even though the the opening is great, it doesn't yeah. make sense with the story. Not that the story makes sense at all. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The fish out of water thing is like forced. <laughs> yes, the whole yeah. thing is forced. Everything is forced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but we can thank Eddie Murphy for. Yeah, he's worth carrying it. Carrying the film. Carrying the film. Yeah. All right. Is it my pick? It, yep, it's your pick. This week. Okay, so um, this is, I guess, another kind of emergency selection because we realize that you haven't seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies uh, so we're going to do Fellowship of the Ring okay. uh, for, for next week. Oh, so. I, had, I had seen the third one. Okay, fine. You hadn't seen them, the best one, which is Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring. Uh, so Yeah, you've seen the worst am one. Am I going to be able to stay awake this time? The, yes, it's good. It's Wait, good which action. version are we watching though? The, the, where I'm not going to make you guys watch another four-hour so movie. Like, theatrical <laughs> theatrical, theatrical cut, cut. Not yeah. the extended version. Without the fucking bullshit in it. Yeah, the... the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the theatrical cut that's also still pretty long. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, next week we're doing Fellowship of the Ring, the shorter one, not the super long one. Uh, so we'll see you, you see it for that. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can help us reach a larger audience by rating and reviewing it on iTunes. It only takes a minute and makes a big difference. Thanks, and enjoy the episode.